time to grieve. Welcome to the Solo Workday podcast. I'm Karen Southall-Watts, the author of The Solo Workday, a book about time management for solopreneurs, freelancers, and others working on their own. Even if you work as part of a team or in a company setting, in many ways managing your time feels like a solitary journey. That's what this podcast is about. Join me as I explore the foundations of time management, as well as the unexpected human complexity of trying to work and live within the construct we call time. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, then come find me on Twitter at AskKaren or at AskKarenCoaching.com. Your time is valuable, so each episode in this series will only be a few minutes long. Time's a wasting, so let's get started. The author John Green wrote in his book, The Fault in Our Stars, Grief does not change you, Hazel. It reveals you. Grief is one of the most universal human experiences, and yet no two people really experience grief in the same way, because it's also one of the most individualized experiences we have. Because grief is such a personal experience, I can't predict how much time you'll need to grieve a loss any more than you can predict how long it will take for me to grieve. What we do know is that incomplete grief, when we push our emotions down for days, weeks, or months because we feel too busy to grieve, can have some awful side effects. We can become depressed, anxious, or angry at the drop of a hat because we haven't taken the time to process how we feel about a loss. And when the loss feels ongoing and never-ending, like being trapped in a global pandemic with no clear end date, we may be unwilling or unable to set aside the time to grieve and mourn our losses. We end up living in a state of hypervigilance as we wait for the next terrible event and we can't seem to gain emotional balance we need to function. Unlike a morning run, a Zoom meeting, or even binge-watching old movies, you can't schedule your feelings of grief and sadness. Feelings tend to burst to the surface unpredictably and often at the worst moments. So we can't schedule our sadness, but at the same time, we can't plod through life under a cloud of unprocessed emotions, dreading the next meltdown. What can we do? Well, we can try to be open with our own grief and understanding when others are open and vulnerable with us about their sadness. Go ahead and acknowledge that you're dealing with a tough situation. Build yourself a more flexible schedule and have backup plans. What are you going to do if you just can't sit through all those hours of meetings without crying? How are you going to keep the family fed when everyone's too sad to cook? And be honest about when you need to call a halt, a stop, and take time off and take time away to process how you feel. You're probably not surprised to know that grieving a big loss takes time and that you have to be flexible and understanding of yourself or those around you who are moving through grief. After a death, an illness, a divorce, or even a job loss, we usually know to allow some space and grace for anger, sadness, and disorganization. 2020 has presented us with a new grief dynamic. 
Therapists are beginning to comment to the press about the small and constant losses we are mourning and will probably continue to mourn into next year. It might be obvious that thousands will be grieving over the illness or death of loved ones due to COVID-19. What seems to be surprising all of us is our sadness over the loss of our normal lives, the end of traditions, rituals, and gatherings that used to define our days and our seasons. And this kind of grief is harder to work around and find time for because it pops up unexpectedly and repeatedly. The sudden realization in the grocery aisle that you don't need to buy extra sage or vanilla extract this year because you won't be cooking any big holiday meals. The sound of plastic dishes clunking in the sink that reminds you it's been months since you enjoyed a quiet cup of coffee as the kids rode off on the school bus. The frustration and then the wistful feeling you get when you stub your toe in the garage and realize you won't be needing that folding table for poker night anytime soon. The annoyance at having to turn around half a block from your driveway because you forgot to bring a face mask. The heartbreak of watching your child bravely hold back tears when you explain they can't have a birthday party this year and invite all of their cousins. We'll be grieving over the little bits of normal we lost in 2020 for a while. It will take time, even if that time is spread out through thousands of melancholy moments during our otherwise productive and happy days to come. Perhaps our grief will reveal us to be more understanding and empathetic people. Then, as we heal, we can spend less time grieving and more time stretching our minds and our souls to the future.